Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and this is a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., I'm doing good. Uh, There was supposed to be five games today. Uh, One of them is in extra innings right now, and that's the Yankees. They're up eight to five right now in the eleventh, uh, and the Brewers Cubs game got canceled. So uh, we only have four games today to talk about, but also quite a bit of content to go over uh, that we were unable to get to yesterday. So uh, LJ, shall we get right into it? Um, yeah, actually, quick before we start into that, how long is this game going? It was uh, a seven o'clock start. Okay. It's been going quite a bit. Uh, no, it was, well, it was an 8 o'clock start, uh, 8 Eastern. Oh, 8 start. Eastern. Okay, so still, yeah, it feels like this game is slogging along, though. Well, you know, if we didn't score two in the top of the 10th and then allow two in the bottom of the 10th, it could have been over a lot, a, a lot quicker. Oh, I love those types of games, don't you? Uh, you just keep throwing the lead back and forth. No, you know, I would I, in the extras. Personally, I would at its finest. I would prefer to just end it, but <laughs> there's no tie-in in baseball. No, well, I mean, I I would prefer if they if they didn't blow the lead is what I'm saying. I would oh, just sure. prefer if they would end it earlier. I'll tell you, you know, Manfred Ball is as entertaining as it is. I kind of miss the obscenely long games every now and then but, like well that's what i'm saying like well like i guess first, that was my point on why i didn't like manfred ball in the beginning is that they're trying to force 
all these game seven walk-off moments when you don't need to. They already manufactured them themselves. They're trying to make all that happen in the regular season. And they're artificially changing the game. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think I don't I don't have a problem with the the medium all right, a 10th or 11th a game that ends in the 10th or 11th is fine. A game that gets into the 15th inning or later, that's when it gets to be fun. That's when it gets to be exciting to me. But that mid-range of extra innings can sometimes just end up feeling like a slog, especially if you can't get offense going. So I love the fact that it kind of eliminates those, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm, I'm starting to grow into a spot where maybe I haven't just haven't seen an exciting extra innings game in a while, but I miss the 18 inning games. Yeah. They're always uh, a highlight. I'm the second sure the- baseman start coming in because they have no other options left. I'm sure the teams don't miss the 18 inning games when they're playing 25 times a month uh, for eight months in a row. <laughs> but yeah, that's okay. Six, seven months in a row, I guess. Yeah. That's okay. LJ, we have some news about Dinger. Yeah. So, of course, um, this is a story we hadn't got not decided to do any political preliminary work on until we had more information in the past couple days however after Sunday's game in Colorado there was some reports by by players of racial slurs being used at the Colorado Rock at Coors Field thank you um at Coors Field during the game directed towards guys standing in the batter's box and so of course the Rockies do their full investigation into it and what decides to come back other than the fact that instead of using a racial slur, the guy was instead trying to get the attention of the mascot Dinger, who, I mean, I, I, they, they sound sort of, I mean, I guess if I was, if I was 50 feet away in a very loud raucous environment, I feel like those words could melt together. Yeah, but, you know, isn't it quite a stretch still at that point? No. You see, I I don't believe that. Maybe it's just me holding on too much hope. But here's why. First off, if you look at the video, you can can kind of hear Dinger Mm. as much as you can hear anything else. The other thing that's working in this guy's favor is – he wasn't facing the the plate. He was not facing the guy that he was allegedly using a racial slur towards. He was facing in the opposite direction, which very presumably is probably where Dinger was. But yeah, I just, you know, that that's a big thing. And then the other thing is the motivation. I mean, granted, there is some backlash and bad PR towards your fan base and your city when this happens. However, that's not something that happens over one complaint like this. So there's no reason for the Rockies to be covering anything up, especially when you consider how many different people go to baseball games each year. They have no 
real motivation to not throw one ticket holder out for life. Especially if he's not even a season ticket holder. We don't even know that. But season ticket holder or otherwise, there's 500 more people that will take his place if they permanently banned him from course Field. So realistically, they don't need his, his money that badly for them to be trying to make excuses for him. There's no reason for them to have done a cover-up here. So Now, are we sure that he wasn't yelling a, a racial slur in the direction of the mascot? Oh, I mean, are, so are you assuming that there is some sort of race and racism structure among prehistoric creatures? No, but, you know, <laughs> does, does he happen to know maybe the person behind the mask? Maybe this is why people are confused, because, like, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't facing uh, the, the player when, when he said it, but yeah i don't know uh, also like, right now like ongoing as we speak aubrey huff got suspended on twitter and people are just having an absolute field day about it i'm not familiar with this situation i'm actually not familiar with aubrey huff you're not familiar with aubrey huff he used to play for the giants uh, he is an extremely right-wing uh, activist on social media, taking it very, very far sometimes, uh, especially on Twitter, uh, to say the least. And it appears he has been suspended on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he certainly right, wouldn't well, help himself Twitter by will... trying to pick fights with, with people pretty much all day. He was pretty much he pretty much did what what uh, Kevin Durant does, but just a lot more obnoxiously. Uh, in man, Twitter will suspend people, depending, especially particularly depending on um, where they stand in terms of their side of the aisle. They'll, but realistically, they will suspend anyone who breathes if they feel like it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how they operate. So again. Take that into context there. But that's another thing I don't like. I really hate about Twitter. Again, if you found us because of Twitter, thank you. But I really, I can't stand the fact that it breeds such chaos. Twitter goads people into becoming these monsters more than anything else. And it really is quite confounding. But I mean, Brandon, we, we must know dozens of people that just go on there to pick fights, get their hot, I mean, we don't even call it hot takes because it's sometimes it's just them trying to say ridiculous things just to pick more fights. I mean, that's that's basically, that's that's what Twitter works, the way Twitter works. There is I people don't... who spend their whole day just trying to get other people pissed off on the app. <laughs> it's like the, uh, what is the meme where the, uh, the picture of the news story about this woman, this like 50 year old lady that spends four hours a day on Facebook trying to uh, end cyberbullying or end hate on Facebook. And then it's always the second line is like an animation of a guy saying, I, I'll spend eight hours a day spreading violence and hate on Facebook just to cancel out her work. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's an evil world we're in again let's take everything with a grain of salt and again do 
allow due process again just really let's think through everything that's gonna have to go on let's think through motivation before we jump to conclusions a lot of people just immediately will jump to outrage and decide to crucify a city over first off one most likely drunk person that goes off their rocker says something that they probably wouldn't say ever before and certainly does not speak for the vast 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 majority of the stadium and that's one thing but then in situations like this you realistically there very well could have been a whole lot of nothing that they just got a whole lot of bad bad press for i mean again there's no reason for them to cover this up so let them figure out what happened do their best and i mean see what happens i just I just hope, because I mean, realistically, with the way things have gone over the years, it would not shock me in any way, shape, or form if people started going after Dinger in terms of cancellation. Like, Dinger Dinger is finna get canceled over some guy shouting his name and accidentally sounding like something else from ways away. That would certainly be be something but the Yankees are doing their best to blow this game once again uh so we took the lead in the top of the ninth only to blow it we took the lead in the top of the 10th only to blow it now in the now in the bottom of the 11th we were up three with two outs and now there's runners on first and second only up by two with two outs and Carlos Santana's at the plate he's got a left on right matchup why because Wandy Peralta is like the only guy we have basically out of our bullpen for the for the time being, I guess, right now. So you're going to hear a bit of live reaction from me. Uh, all right. It's a one one count. But LJ, we have. Um, um, yeah, a bit of news there that we did not get a chance to talk about or at least write down. Uh, Glaber Torres to the IL. Did I hear that correctly today? Yes, uh, he had a dislocated thumb after Ouch. sliding into a base against the Mariners. And in turn, the Yankees place him on the IL, and they call up Andrew Velasquez, a switch-hitting utility infielder and outfielder who had played for the Orioles uh, in 2020. He did not make a single error in over 230 chances with the Orioles in 2020. And uh, he filled in the lineup very nicely tonight. With And hold on, looks like the Yankees are going to win. And they do. All right, very nice. Game over. Only four hours and three minutes there. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Yankees just cannot seem to string together even a couple games in a row where we have a fully healthy team. And it's not looking like we're ever going to get that this year. I mean, with someone like Aaron Hicks, who's been out for the year since early in the year, realistically, with the, I mean, I, I don't know why he chose to not hit well at all in 2021, but he was like one of the more productive hitters on the team. And now it literally doesn't seem like the same season that he played in this 2021 season. Like, I, I swear to God, I could not tell you maybe more than a couple of at-bats that I can re- remember from Aaron Hicks from this season. And it's, it, it's really a shame because you look at 
who the Yankees pitching options are for down the stretch. I mean, this is a scary rotation potentially, and a lot of moves are going to have to be made when these guys come back because I just don't know how they can justify keeping some of these guys on the roster, but there's some really tough choices that are, that are going to have to be made, and I can go through them here in a minute. But uh, LJ, you have something? Well, I'd hate to burst your bubble, Brandon, but I mean, it's it's not like this isn't the exact same problem the Yankees have had for the last three years. Oh, I know. Has there uh, been a fully healthy? Me, I know. Has there been a fully healthy Yankees squad at at any point in the last three years? No, and that's and that's the that's the bad thing is that. Like right now, here's the players on the injured list who were making a positive impact on our team at one point this year. This is just IL players. Gary Sanchez, Anthony Rizzo, Gio Rochelle, Glaber Torres, Miguel Andujar. So, so that's a full infield right there, right? You have your catcher, your first baseman, and then you have uh, two, I you know, Three infielders, four infielders there, plus your catcher, all right? For outfielders, you have Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, Tim LaCastro. <laughs> I mean, uh, all three guys who, are tr- who we thought would make a significant impact, especially Tim LaCastro after we trade for him, then he tears his ACL. Pitchers, Garrett Cole, Domingo Herman, Corey Kluber, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino. That's literally a full starting rotation that is on the injured list. So you can make a full starting nine and then five guys in a starting rotation with just who is hurt, and they could probably win 75 games in a year, uh, which is just absurd to me when, when we actually have like three of three of our best hitters are still in the lineup and we still have all these guys out. It's just crazy. You know, I, I hate to kick a guy while he's down, but I mean, Luis Severino, Brandon, would you say he ever lived up to expectations or Absolutely, has, yes. is looking up to expectations? I don't know. I just, yes, he did. The, the way I look at it, maybe it's because I'm outside of the fan base, but I'm pretty sure this is how most people outside of the Yankees fan base looked at it is that he was not a threatening ace like he pitched good throughout the stretch but those big games when it came down to it certainly the playoffs he did not always look his best never really I mean there there is a reason Brandon you can't you can't deny there is a reason that every single offseason from 2018 offseason 2019 offseason until finally the 2020 offseason when you have, you finally got Garrett Cole. Every single one of those, pretty much always the top target for the team was an ace. Everybody, everybody pretty much always thought this team needed another, a number, a true alpha number one, like a Garrett Cole. And that Luis Severino, if he was going to be that, probably wasn't going to be that in the early part of his career that he was in. So, now all of a sudden you've got what has this been? Basically, it's going to be two years without Severino in the lineup at all. I just I would have to worry that if he had that chance to be that, it's gone 
it's it's fleeting fast because of the learning curve that's kind of dropped off. Like he's not going to have all of this progress is going to be slightly delayed, and we could we could end up in a situation where every Yankees fan thought that they lost an ace for a couple of years that they didn't. I mean, it's crazy to think that he's going to be an ace, but I really think you're underrating what what he's done in this career. I mean, yes, you're right. He's struggled in the playoffs, but also he was he started the wild card game when he was 23 years old for us. I no, mean, no, exactly. I mean, the I... confidence in this guy, the youngest pitcher on our staff, to send him out in a winner take all like season on the line game. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Yes, he got shelled in the first inning and only got one out. But the point was, we were so confident in what he did in the back half of that year and only like the 10 or 11 starts that he made to put the ball in his hand in a, you know, or not that year, excuse me. He made a full season of starts that year, finished third in the Cy Young. It's just, I think it's crazy to me for people. Like, yes, it's crazy to think that he's going to, return and be an ace immediately because yes he has been out for the last two seasons however this was a guy who was a potential four or five war pitcher every year in an all-star and he certainly has the stuff to do it he's been pitching well enough in the minors any sort of any sort of positive impact we can get from him this year would be an absolute plus. I'm not really concerned about whether he's going to be an ace or not now as we finally found our ace. So yes, he exactly. Can, he you can don't... slide in and be a nice two, three. You know, you you think about what this rotation could be at full health, LJ. You put Cole one, Severino two, Kluber three, Tyone four. And I feel like putting Tyone four is honestly a disservice to how good he's been pitching lately. Then for that fifth spot, it's really interesting. You say Andrew Heaney, I swear. No, I, I'm not going <laughs> to say Andrew Heaney. But I'm afraid that his stuff does not work out of the bullpen whatsoever because he allows a lot of home runs and a lot of hard hits. His stuff does not work out of the bullpen. So He sounds like a June 2021 Aroldis Chapman type. Well, uh, you would figure Jordan Montgomery would be the the last guy in that rotation. Then for the bullpen, it's like, okay, yeah. now you're putting Domingo Herman in the bullpen, who a lot of fans have been wanting to see there for quite, quite a while. And sometimes, sometimes it really is just best to, when it comes down to the late, late part of rounding out a rotation, it, Sometimes it's best to pick the fourth guy based on who you'd rather have in the bullpen. Because, I mean, the bullpen guys are probably going to get more use and more utilization depending on the team than the fourth starter. Because the fourth starter 
in any high leverage situation is going to get skipped over. So, yeah, I guess I'm at, the point I was trying to make with Severino, I'm not doubting that he has the potential and certainly could be. I always, I always think he could be an ace. He could be a number one pitcher. However, he was not that with those Yankees. He was not yet, yet that, that early in his career, and you shouldn't expect him to be. He was incredibly young. However, we're now going to be going into it where his first full season will be age 28, and parts of that progress are going to be starting over from the spot where he was at age 24. So at the end of the day, I'm just, I think the point, the point I'm trying to make here is I think he could end up going down as the biggest what if for the Yankees of this generation. I think him and Andujar, if neither of those guys got hurt, I would love to think about what they could have done with their careers. Yeah. You know, I think with Andujar, he really limited himself by not being good in the field whatsoever to start. It just, it just, there was, he got, he got shuffled around. There was, there were too many bodies and with, 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 uh, the Yankees paying 800 grand to buy out Gio Rochella's contract from Toronto and then him coming in and basically playing almost an all-star caliber third base for us for the last few seasons has really hurt Andujar's chances. But LJ, it doesn't feel like this season again when Clint Frazier and Andujar were battling it out for left field. I mean, me and you went to a game and Andujar was uh, the Yankees' starting left fielder on a Sunday night baseball game. Again, yeah, I mean, this is the stuff, that, the parts of baseball you just can't predict. Realistically, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I have to think he's still the starting third baseman for the New York Yankees. He's probably a multiple-time all-star at this point and still a very good hitter like he showed early in his career. But of course, he ends up getting hurt, and then all of a sudden you have the emergence of Gio Urshela, who's become one of the best third basemen in the league, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So you cannot – Gio Urshela is immovable from third base. Unless you were to get a megastar to move into that third base spot, I could never – I don't think I could get somebody in there that I would justify there more than Gio Urshela. So that spot vanished for Andujar while he was hurt. There was, no, there was no position for him to come back to. All of a sudden, you have a young player trying to learn and adjust to a new position. I'm sorry, but like even, I mean, everyone says you can play, oh, left field, it's not that demanding a position to play. A new position or a position you're not comfortable with if you've been a career corner infielder a new position is still a huge adjustment. And with that, that takes away some of the focus from the offensive side. And overall, it just, I think you see it time and time again, when a guy is talented enough to be on the roster, but doesn't fit the positional or requirement where he ends up being a bust because he's trying to adjust to so many different things at once. Well, all right, uh, LJ, shall we get on to the next topic? I believe uh, Barstool Sports is uh, been within talks with MLB officials to what, host a 
one game every week or something on ESPN? Yeah. So what it's been, what it's been sounding like is at least from initial reports, of course, Dave Portnoy had mentioned earlier this week or last week that he'd been taught in talk with major leagues. Of course, the major leagues that he's talking about happens to be major league baseball. Um, certainly a good choice of wordplay there by him. Anyway, yeah, so it sounds like, of course, nothing is official, but it sounds like we could be very soon be getting a midweek broadcast done by Barstool Sports with a focus, I guess, on in-game gambling. So a lot of the broadcast content will be focused on that aspect of sports, that aspect of sports gambling. It's cool. I mean, Brandon, overall, what are your reactions, initial reactions? That's cool. I mean, so many people are, you know, so involved in that in that sort of uh, airspace right now. I mean, how many commercials do you see on TV for DraftKings or FanDuel Sportsbook or, you know, how many different podcasts do, do you uh, check out? And they're all sponsored by DraftKings or whatever. So, I mean, that's honestly good for the MLB for wanting to expand to such a popular space and try to get more people involved in the game as you know we saw not only for horse racing but sports betting as well those those numbers skyrocketed when the pandemic hit whether that's that's good or bad I'm not I mean it's certainly good for for those industries but whether that's good for the overall health and well well-being of society that now everyone is just a gambling on sports <laughs> you know I don't know but uh you know I'm happy for the MLB for wanting to do something like this uh I believe they said they were going to do it with the pardon my take uh podcast guys uh they would be hosting it to some extent from what I read and I like a uh, big cat a lot so yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see them get into more baseball content because they're more of like a football, you know, based company, I would say, you know, that's how they really got their popularity was Dave and everything with the Patriots and Tom Brady and such. Yeah, you know, I think that and then I mean, granted, both those guys are very busy, but you talk about them being more known for their football content, but they have some incredibly popular baseball content as well mm, that yeah. kind of goes on talk talked about i mean granted if the, if they're doing it with part of my take it'll be a lot less of a focus but i think it would be a mistake if they didn't get jared carabas in there when he can because i mean with his content there i mean you have to have a lot of respect for him he works very hard yes not only does he work very hard but it, it pays off i mean not only does he have by far the most viewed single team podcast out there like it's pretty well undisputed in the charts that there's there's no other podcast that reaches for just one team's audience that does as well as section 10 but starting nine is up there consistently in the top tens among sports podcasts for their barstool's general baseball content with dallas braden i mean i know he has his commitments to the Oakland athletics. So he wouldn't as much be in the picture for that. But I mean, you've got, you've got a lot of strong content creators over there. 
Look, the only downside that I can see to a barstool sports broadcast is the fact that I cannot find a, a downside to a barstool sports broadcast. I mean, I feel like if I can't find a single flaw in this idea where I don't think it's absolutely brilliant, then something's obviously going to come up at some point down the line and that's it's going to be a gigantic problem, which again, we can save that headache for another time. But I think it's great. I will always welcome another nationally televised game in the middle of the week. The more we can have, the better. I think the free YouTube game of the week has done very well this year. And I think, when did it start? Last year or two years ago? Yeah, I mean, but I've been I've been watching a few of those games. They have like 100,000 people watch those games on YouTube. Like, it is genuinely a lot of people watching those games and a lot of popular people too, a lot of really popular and influential baseball YouTubers are always in the comments of those games. So really, really cool. I believe believe a lot of them are brought in specifically for analysis in the comments. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, great environment they have there. And again, by just adding another one of these, it opens the door to more. It opens the door to more, national broadcasts even if it's just online for people to see it gives me hope for my little pipe dream of a kid's early start time national televised baseball game because i really think i i genuinely think this will be the key for the mlb to reach the younger audience or at least one of them is the fact that the games start just too late and the best players have too little an impact. You can't change the fact that Aaron Judge only comes up to bat one out of every nine times. What you can change is how many times that little little kid, how many times little Johnny can see his favorite player, Aaron Judge, bat before his mom tells him he has to go to bed. And so, therefore, I mean, if you could get a maybe an – afternoon game i guess ideally if you could get like a five o'clock start and then get an online broadcast directed just to kids showing off some of these great players kind of similar to the um, nickelodeon game for the nfl playoffs the nvp the nvp mitch trubisky um yeah i i just i i think that is a huge key to success if you can get this into a window where you can get kids excited about it and you can get kids to be able to watch the whole game. That's a lot closer to it. You can't complain about the attention span. If you're putting the get the biggest matchups and all of the good players on at seven o'clock where you can only, these kids can only see them do something once. It's not their fault. They have to go to bed. Who do you think would be the MVP of the MLB this year? Oh, like in years past, I would have said a uh, David Fletcher because he seemed like the kind of really mean guy on on Twitter, the guy that everyone loves to. I don't know. Like the MLB doesn't really have a lot of like uh, of these of these hype train guys that everyone just jumps on. But uh, I mean, in terms in terms of overall play caliber, who could get it? Luis Castillo. <laughs> certainly fills in that Mitchell Trubisky disappointment role that 
Mitchell Trubisky filled in for the Bears for so many years. Um, I guess we can change into that now. So yeah, you're you're hating all over Luis Castillo, and I I I I, I still don't get it. He had one bad start here, and you're he had like an entire bad month. He's also set, whoa, set me where May. Would you like to tell me what month other than May was was bad? No, but I'm just saying again, he. All right, so let's let's preface this. If you didn't watch yesterday's or listen to yesterday's podcast, we started doing series picks for all of the series that start, and we will see how many games we end up getting at the end of each series. Uh, currently, because of the one-game series between the Reds and the Indians that we both thought the Reds would clean up, it turned out being the other way. I believe it was a 9-3 win for the Indians, and Brandon and I have both started 0-1 on the season we haven't decided what exactly a punishment should be if there should be a punishment for getting these things wrong we ought to turn the stakes up a little bit well we did start it a bit late we can always do a small one this year and then have the big boy go next year but anyway we started off in a very bad spot uh luis castillo got shelved last night if you did not see it was it it was or i mean today i mean or yes, last night. Jeez. Um, it, it wasn't pretty. But yeah, I mean, I just, I can't help but de- be disappointed with this season for Luis Castillo. Three and a third, seven hits, eight earned runs, two strikeouts, two home runs. His ERA is currently 4-5-3, which frankly is the only thing he has positively going for him. With the amount of times this year that he has looked downright incompetent, I, I'm kind of surprised to see it, but I mean, this is a guy that had a lot, a lot of value going into this year and then has kind of come down like a freight train from being the team's, yeah, the team's number one pitcher to being an average pitcher at best throughout this season. I just, I, I, I can't help but worry about where Cincinnati could possibly go with this rotation going forward without a strong Luis Castillo, especially when you consider how close to being really, really good the rest of the team is. I still think it's, uh, I, I don't think it's okay to call this guy just average. Uh, sure. The ERA is high and I get that, but all right. If you take out his April, which was terrible, and his May, which was terrible, <laughs> his first in his June, month in his year, July, in his August, I understand. No, his, you will end up with a zero ERA. <laughs> his June, he pitched thirty-one and two-thirds innings to a one-point-seven-one ERA and a point-nine-eight WHIP. His July. He pitched 37 and two-thirds innings to a 2.15 ERA and a 1.22 whip. So he has been he's reverting back fair to, to say the last two months he's been like almost a Cy Young caliber pitcher in the performances he's been making just the past two months. But what now I just don't know how he could be pitching so well and then all of a sudden tonight or last night for you guys he uh i mean this indians lineup is a joke they have harold 
Ramirez. It's almost as joke as, a, as much of a joke as their name. They have Owen Miller starting at first base. He's hitting 138 this year. I mean, this is crazy. Can and... we also take a minute to m- mention this? Of course, I know they do have uh, Bobby Bradley somewhere, I'm assuming IL. Yeah, with a strained he just knee. got put on the IL, I think. Currently, yeah, I mean, they, they've had great opportunity from him, but I still find it funny. If I'm correct, Jake Bowers is still pretty high up on the AL defensive uh, defensive run save for one of the metrics. He was, he's, he was like, for most of the season, he was leading the American League by a wide margin at first base even though he'd only played about a month and a half for Cleveland. Like, I mean, not only is it a very weak defensive year for the American league, but that's just, I mean, they, they've had a lot of trouble over there. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa. Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Certainly they have. uh, I mean, Brandon, you do realize you just took out almost half of his season in order to get to that Cy Young caliber pitcher, right? In the last two months, he's been a Cy Young caliber pitcher up until tonight. But LJ, we completely skipped over one of our topics here. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get back to it. But I do, I do want to say here just before I go again, consistency. Let's see where this thing goes by the end of the year. That's a much better track record than two months will ever be for this guy. And again, this is a guy who. This is a guy you could have gotten Clint Frazier for this offseason. Is this really, I can't even say this with a straight face. Is this really what you. I would have gave up Clint Frazier. No, all right. It was. You could have given up Clint Frazier for half a bag of chips. It was not going to take Clint Frazier to get him. It was going to take a Glaber Torres to get him. Okay. Yeah. Or Maybe still- two off seasons ago, it would have taken Clint Frazier. Uh, but that's also because both his and Luis Castillo's value were infinitely stronger than they are now. Yeah, exactly. So, but still, you could have gotten Glaber Torres, who was regarded much better at the beginning of this season than he is now. 
And in exchange for this guy, the value certainly is not, that same value is not there now. And I mean, I certainly think it would have to be put into question whether this guy is the, should be a long-term solution. I mean, he's got to be coming up, yeah, seven year or, oh, three years, geez. He does not have a lot of service time. Okay, I mean, again, he still has time here, but if you have to think, start looking at this and saying, okay, is he going to be a reliable enough player for this team to try to make the postseason next season? I'm going to have to bank on, no, I don't, I don't think he can be a top three pitcher on this team, which reasonably he is right now. So anyway, where did we showing right here on the Yankees post game, the Yankees blew four saves in the game tonight and still won by two runs. The blown saves go to Loiza Chad Green, Zach Britton and Clay Holmes. So out of the five pitchers that came in to relieve uh, Jameson Tyone, four of them blew a save and one of them got a save. So. There you go. And try to blow it. Remember, the will to win is not nearly as important as the will to prepare to lose. That's what got the Yankees the win this, this evening. But yeah, Eloy Jimenez, how about Eloy Jimenez over the past uh, couple days has been We forgot on, about him. On fire. I mean, yeah, I mean, we certainly did not cover much after his initial couple games of his return. This is a former, or not former, I mean, I guess I should try, about to say former rookie of the year runner-up, which really tells you nothing. But, um, yeah, this is a guy who is going to be a superstar in the league. He misses most of the season. All of a sudden, he's coming back with a fiery passion he has four home runs in the last two days both on two home run games yeah and also even even better news Luis Robert is back for the Chicago White Sox I believe uh I'm not sure if he played tonight oh no he, he did play tonight two for five so the White Sox basically got what? A, this is a full strength lineup for them, right? Because they traded Nick Madrigal. So now you figure, yeah, other than y- Yasmani Grandal, which he's done for the year, right? Because of that thing with his Um, name. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he's. I he's feel out. like I heard something about a September possible thing. Oh, okay. Well, even again, that was more like a that was more like the uh, Justin Verlander stuff where he's like, I could come back at like the end of the year and just be a be a strong, resilient reinforcement for the postseason, but everybody knows is not going to be in good enough shape to do that. Um, Yeah, well, they have uh, Sebi Zavala who hit three home runs the other day, anyways. But yeah, LJ. So now baseball's favorite hockey goalie. I mean, just here's here's uh, some of the names in this in this lineup now that you're gonna have to pitch to. Tim Anderson, very dangerous, uh, always a 300 hitter it seems. Cesar Hernandez, who has had better seasons but is still a very fine hitting second baseman. 
Jose Abreu, who we know what he can do. Eloy Jimenez, who is already proving what he can do. Yoan Mancada, another fantastic utility infielder switch hitter. How about Andrew Vaughn? I mean, look what he's been doing lately. He's only 23 years old. Luis Robert, who I thought should have won AL Rookie of the Year last year over Kyle Lewis. He's back now, and he uh, played through May of this year, and he was putting up really, really good stats up until that point. This is – is is this the best lineup in the league? Like, what, like I don't know if you could say best, but this is like – I'm finding hard, like I'm finding it hard to find many other teams that have a better lineup than than that. You know, top to bottom, like especially now that you get Eloy and Robert, and then you throw in Jose Abreu and Mancada and Tim Anderson in there, Andrew Vaughn. Look, top to bottom. This is the second or third best lineup in the league. Matched up with the second best pitching staff in the league. It's, it's Actually, honestly yes, their the, the best pitching staff in the league. It's honestly their their AL pennant to lose. Like in in Ooh. in my mind. Like, do we really think Houston is that much better than than the White Sox if we think they even are better? Like, I don't I don't right. think. The White Sox should, like, no, like, if you're a White Sox player right now, there's no reason why you shouldn't think you're the best team in the AL. No, you shouldn't. Again, I, but I do think it's a slippery slope with theirs to lose, meaning they'd have to really try to lose it. Mm, okay, yeah, no, that's I fair. mean, this Houston team, again, this is that, – that was the one that I'm struggling. Yeah, I can't put – them up there as the best lineup when Houston staring me right in the face. Yeah. I mean, this Houston lineup is insane. The real wild card team is the pitching staff because we have seen stretches this season where they can just shut every single team down for like a month straight. And then all of a sudden they look like rookies for three weeks and the team struggles because they can't keep up with how bad the the pitching is doing with that being said this is still an incre- incredible team sixth in era this year i don't think i don't think there's any team that i would say would be feeling comfortable with seeing houston if that rotation was operating at maximum performance I can't not agree with that because top to bottom, you're absolutely right. This this is a better lineup. I also believe they set the record for whether it was this season or I don't know if it was in general, but they had hit a home run in like 19 straight games or something, which I was thinking about, it and I'm like, I'm sure such a team has done something like that. But then I was really thinking about it. That's super impressive mm. to have someone homer on your team for 19 games in a row. That's, they also went out and got two closers at the deadline. 
two so closers and one closer that was uh, pitching like just completely out of his mind this year still has it under a one ERA. Yeah, I mean, again, this is – I'm going to be – I can't help but root for this team when it comes down to the playoffs. This is just a – this is a very good team, top to bottom. Of course, our boy – I will Zach not Rinke be rooting for the green. Astros in the playoffs. Oh, Pat, Pouty Brandon. Oh, Sorry. I don't like treatment. that franchise. Look, the fact that you would disrespect our boy Zach Granke in such a way. No, I said franchise. I, I, I didn't bread. say specifically Zach Granke. Our favorite restaurant owner, Zach Granke. All right, LJ, we got one uh, last topic prior to getting into our series picks. Uh, Bryce Harper, you know, I think that this is time that we actually dive into this NL MVP a little bit. We did the Cy Young last night. Uh, yeah, I'm scared of this. Do we, I mean, who's the, all right, no, first, first, let's start off with this. Who is the NL MVP right now? Because there's been no media narrative for like the past, like two months involving the MVPs and it's just starting to get to the point where it's like are we really just going to give it to Bryce Harper and just like call it a day because you can't give it to Tatis right like I I don't see a reason why why you would give it to Tatis if he's hurt you can't give it to Acuna you can't give it to Jacob DeGrom like is Trey Turner our number one contender for this for this NL MVP or is it Bryce Harper or Max Muncy? I think Max Muncy is a very valid point here. I'm going to address the Harper thing, and then I'm going to bring up another guy here. Look, I would love to see Bryce Harper win another MVP. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's so fun to watch. But I think the whole Bryce Harper MVP discussion that's been going on is a bit, a little bit of recency bias. And this isn't the first time I've heard his name come up in it. I mean, he's having a great year. Don't get me wrong. He's having but, his best hitting season since his MVP year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to disrespect it. But at the same time, there's a lot of good things happening in this league that I think you have to at least keep this conversation open. I mean, I, I, I don't think this is a closed book case. I don't think you can just shut it down and walk away right now. I mean, keep in mind right now, granted, Tatis with, won't be able to qualify for everything if he misses the majority of the season the rest of the way. But as of right now, in terms of if you look at the league leaders and things, Bryce Harper is not leading in a single statistic. That has to be a little dry. I mean, that's certainly not, that is not by any means the qualifications for winning the MVP. However, that goes to show you that, yes, he is doing great things. He's having a spectacular season. He is a great player, and he's having a major impact on a team that's really pushing towards the postseason. He is certainly gaining a lot of value this year. 
However, the fact that he isn't leading in anything, he's not standing out in any specific area. I think that has to show that you have to look other places. Max Muncy is a great spot to look. The spot that I would also dare you to go look, Washington. Juan Soto is still very much in this competition, although no one talks about it. 4.4 war right now. He's currently at a 158 OPS plus, leads the league in on-base percentage at 427. Uh, reason very, very reasonably could end up at 300. He could end up being 300, 400, 500, which I believe Harper is the uh, yeah, Harper's well, the so only other. I would Harper's like to the make, only other guy. Yeah, I would like to make an argument. So you said that Bryce Harper isn't excelling in anything this year. He's he's excelling in hitting, is is what he's <laughs> excelling in. Uh, so to just take the notion that because he's not leading in any stat category, that means he's not excelling, I think is, is crazy. But Well, regardless, the tr- going into the actual true point of me saying that is you have to look around still. I don't think he has had this almighty dominant performance this year. I mean, he's having a great year. Again, looking at it right now, Yes, I probably give it to Bryce Harper. Nine times out of ten right now, I give it to Bryce Harper. However, I don't think this is a runaway. This certainly isn't this isn't even the runaway that we've been talking about in the American League, where you've got Vladdy, you got Shohei, and then you have the field. That's how basically it's been talked about for months and months on end at this point. That's not this at all. This isn't just Soto. This isn't just Muncy. This isn't just Harper. I would say Harper is the favorite right now, but it's it's close enough that he could easily lose this if he does not continue to play really good baseball. But then again, I would love to bank on the fact that Bryce Harper is going to play really big baseball because he seems to come up big every single chance he has to. And this is a point in the season where they really need him to be everything that they signed him for a couple of years ago. I mean, the, you have a chance to shut the the Mets out this month. The Braves are two games out. You still need to keep your foot on the pedal at least into mid-September if you're the Phillies. So this is this is exactly the opportunity Bryce Harper needs to be able to take home a second MVP. Here's the odds right now, according to to Vegas Insider. So actually, first I'll start with the AL. Shohei Otani's a minus seven fifty favorite to win the AL MVP. So just massive, massive, massive favorite uh, in Otani. Vladdy Jr. at plus six hundred. Rafael Devers at plus four thousand. Marcus Simeon plus five thousand. Matt Olson plus five thousand. The NL MVP, your favorite, LJ, would you like to take a guess who the odds-on betting favorite is right now? You know, the logic does point to Bryce Harper. He is your second betting favorite. Okay, it's Max Monsi. He is your third betting favorite. It is still Tatis. Fernando Tatis is your minus 110 favorite, which basically means that it's a 
50-50 chance between Tatis and the field to win MVP is how the books have it right now. Look, that can't be right. Again, well, all right, let's look at it this way. If Tatis comes back and plays most of September, I can still see him winning this. However, if he misses, if you look at look back at this and he has basically missed two months at the end of the season after already missing a good chunk of time at the beginning of the season, then you have to really look at it. But I don't think I don't think games played or at bats should necessarily decide it if the cumulative stats show that he was above the rest of the field. I mean, this is a guy who's still second and wins above replacement, even though he hasn't played in weeks. So just, I mean, I think that all has to be taken into perspective. I'll have you know that the guy behind Max Muncy on the NLMVP list, so it's Harper at plus 400, Max Muncy plus 500, Trey Turner plus 750, Freddie Freeman plus 800. And then Jacob DeGrom plus 4,000. So no love for Soto there, which is a bit uh, heartbreaking to me. But, yeah, uh, you know, that's honestly what I – I wasn't expecting Otani to be such a heavy favorite, but, like, I guess – you know, I guess that's fine. Uh, It makes sense. And it just just sucks to have Vladdy – is having an absolutely insane year and it's just gonna get overlooked because of what Otani is doing. And that's not a bad thing because of what Otani is doing, but it just sucks for, for Vladdy. Well, to put it in perspective as well. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Shohei Otani could easily do this for another five years. Like he could, he could be. Well, he already has eight WAR this year, total. From he could could easily be just this good or almost this good for a long time coming now. So keep that in mind. There could be guys in this American League that never, never get the respected their due for great seasons purely because he adds so much value i mean technically yeah i mean he might not even if he wasn't the best hitter if he was a top top 10 hitter and top 20 pitcher that's that's still such immense value to a team that he still technically should be in an mvp or close to the mvp every single year 
if he stays good. All right, are we ready to get into some picks? Yeah, should we just kind of do like a little bit of rapid fire through these? Can we have yeah, I mean, there there really is no reason for us to explain that much. We really went very in-depth with our thought process last time around. But instead, we will just run straight through them. And the first one we're going to have here is the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Los Angeles Angels. Um, Brandon, also, if you'd write them down as you go, that would be helpful towards me. Um, sure. Yeah, so we've got Steven Matz versus Chris Rodriguez, and then Ross Stripling versus Jose Suarez in the doubleheader tomorrow. Then Alec Manoa versus Dylan Bundy, and Jose Barrios versus Shohei Otani. All right, so I am going to give the Toronto Blue Jays a three out of four games. Uh, that they are the winners in this. I'll take 3-1 Toronto. Not sure which game they'll drop in there, but uh, I think they have enough pitching to get by. Uh, as Steven Matz has been pitching well lately, uh, and so is Ross Stripling, and of course their, their new addition, Jose Barrios, goes against Otani Thursday, so that'll be a good game. But yeah, I'll say 3-1 Toronto. They absolutely need the wins, too. Look, I'm going to go with a 2-2 split here. Obviously, the doubleheader tomorrow will get split. I'm taking Alec Manoa over Dylan Bundy every day, and I will take your AL MVP favorite Shohei Otani over Jose Barrios as well to round out that split. Next up will be the Detroit Tigers versus the Baltimore Orioles. Pitching matches for these matchups for this three-game series, Casey Mize, versus Keegan Aiken, Tariq Skubal versus Matt Harvey, and Matt Manning versus John Means. John Means, uh, is he making his return? It's his third start, I believe. Third start back? Hmm, all right. Jeez. Uh, like, all logic would tell me that, that the Tigers are going to sweep here, right? So whatever you like, you know, I'm going to give the Tigers a sweep. I think, I think Baltimore is at that part of the year where they're starting to get a bit tired of losing. And I think the overall morale of the team is not the greatest right now. So Tigers three, zero sweep. Give me two, one Tigers. They'll take the first two games, but the fact of the matter is they're going to be at Camden Yards. They got John Means versus Matt Manning, who is following a very similar track to the other two top pitching prospects from Detroit in Mize and Scoop Ball, where he is having a rough, rough time of it to start his MLB career. He has not yet gotten to that turnaround point. So, yeah, 2-1. All right, next up will be the St. Louis Cardinals versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the matchups here will be Stephen Brawl versus Hap Foot and Mouth, Adam Wainwright versus Will Crow, and JT Brubaker versus Wade LeBlanc. Uh, I'm going to 
Like, I want to do something a little dumb here. Yeah, you know, why not? Pirates take two out of three. Okay. Uh, I... I'm completely off the Cardinals bandwagon now. I'm almost off them more than the Mets. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the Cardinal bandwagon... The Cardinal bandwagon had the wheels shot off and then the rest of the can- the canvas top burned by the end of May. I just can't believe I just picked the Pirates to win two games out of three, but the Cardinals are just... Uh, I mean, we talked to Lucas Smith prior to the year, and he's like, yeah, you know, like, everyone in the fan base is expecting an NL Central title, like, or a worst case, a wild card. And now they're under 500, and they added a Hall of Fame player at third base, and they got worse. So there's they're they're a talking point for another day. But I'm picking against them here. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people would pick the Pirates to take two games, but it seems a bit reasonable with uh, how the Cardinals have been playing this year. Yeah, I'm going. Also, going to go two games to one in favor of Pittsburgh. Uh, I have no faith in half foot and mouth whatsoever. So I would not choose him in most pitching matchups. And you also think about it's, it's a home game for Pittsburgh that always has to be taken into account. So yeah, I will give it to two one. They'll pick up. I would guess the LeBlanc start. They will, the, Cardinals will lose. Next up, we will have the major contest of the week, probably the one I'm most excited for. Dodgers Phillies. Here's the matchup. Aaron Nola versus Max Scherzer. Kyle Gibson versus David Price. Ranger Suarez versus Julio Urias. Also note that the Phillies are entering on an eight-game winning streak, having just swept the Mets and are now in first in the NL East. Uh, This is in Philadelphia, so I am going to give the... You know, I'm going to give the Dodgers two games, but it's like this is one of the best series that we see all year. I think Uh, some of these pitching matchups are going to be really fun. I mean, Scherzer versus Aaron Nola is going to be a battle. Like just to terrorize the Phillies even more. Max Scherzer's like, Oh, I get one more start against you guys this year. And, it's not as a national, it's as a Dodger. And I get to terrorize you just one last time. Uh, but I'm yeah. going to take Dodgers two to one. I'm going the other way. I'm going to take the highest team in the league here at two to one. As realistically, they're not winning that Scherzer-Nola matchup. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't believe, I have not believed in Aaron Nola nearly as much as you have at any point during this season, but realistically. Oh, no, I don't believe him in, in, in him over Max Scherzer. No way. The other spin here though, is of any of the teams that Max Scherzer's to face this year, the Phillies have seen him the most times. So yeah. 
this could be a spot where he might get knocked a bit. He could certainly get knocked a bit. And so if he were to drop that game, then that gives me a lot more comfortability because Kyle Gibson has been incredibly good this year. Take him over David Price. And I have liked what they've done with these Ranger Suarez starts, of course, mostly being openers or short inning starts. So they, they if they win, they've been winning, they've been winning. I'm going to go with 2-1 in favor of Philadelphia. Next up, got to get keep moving along the Nationals and the Mets. The New York Mets will be taking on the Washington Nationals for, that's not the Mets. Why is it still showing me the Phillies? The Nationals will be taking on the Mets. Uh, can you, LJ, can you I have... can give you the starting. Yeah, it, every, every single page is now showing me the Phillies rotation. All right, well, uh, in Nats Mets, today we have Paulo Espino taking on Carlos Carrasco. Joe Ross will face Rich Hill. And Eric Fetty will face Marcus Stroman. LJ, where are you going in here? Uh, home or away. Uh, it is in the Big Apple. 2-1 Mets. 2-1 Mets over the Washington Nationals. I am going to go uh, the same way because I, I don't know who's playing for the Nats right now. So I'm going to go 2-1 Mets. Uh, they are really lucky that they get this series right now. And hopefully – they can stay in this. I mean, LJ, this now, just real quick, this this last series, the Phillies-Dodgers and this Nats-Mets series, they're going to be doing a lot of scoreboard watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, overall, 2-1 is the clear, clear way to go here because, again, can we really trust them not to – the Mets not to drop close games. I mean, it just seems to be what they do these days. And you certainly can have a lot of close games with a Nationals offense that is devoid of major league players and a Mets offense that's been devoid of runs all season. All right next up, we got the A's and the Indians. Uh, yes. Hold on. Let me pull that up for you. A's and Indians. We have Sean Manaya taking on Tristan McKenzie, and this is in Cleveland. Uh, Frankie Montas versus Cal Quantrill. Chris Bassett versus Eli Morgan. LJ, we picked against the Indians today. Will you be doing the same? I will. You know, this is the type, this is the part of the year where Oakland typically turns it on, and you add that into the fact that overall, it's not like the Indians have played that great of late and more so I just, I have no faith in this team's not blow blatantly blow games. So it will be a three O sweep for the Oakland athletics. I'm going to take two, one Oakland uh, because Cal Quantrill has been pitching really good. He gets a start in this series. I think that they win that game. So 2-1 Oakland here. All right. Up next. Red Sox. Yes. Uh, a big series for both teams once again. And the starting pitching matchups will be 
and this is in Boston. Luis Patino versus Eduardo Rodriguez, Josh Fleming and Nathan Evaldi, and Ryan Yarbrough versus Nick Pavetta. LJ. Give me the sweep, and it's about time. <laughs> LJ's picking his Red Sox. To I have a feeling. LJ's going 3-0 sweep for the Red Sox. I'm going 2-1 to one for Tampa Bay. Uh, I really like the way that they've been playing lately. I think that they were smart to actually go and add pieces at the trade deadline here because uh, this was a race team that – had lost so much, you know, uh, in the past and even with, with the trade deadline this year. But uh, I love going out and getting Nelson Cruz. Uh, I love the, the way that, that they've been playing late, lately, 2-1 Tampa. I'll tell you, as much as I will look forward to seeing a little Luis Patino here, um, certainly one of their younger, talented players, I think the – game to watch here is going to be Fleming versus Eovaldi. Well, that Next is up, certainly noted. Yes. Next up will be Reds-Braves. Reds coming off their one-game series loss to the Cleveland Indians. Yes, and in Atlanta, we will see Sonny Gray versus Drew Smiley, Wade Miley taking on Tuki Toussaint, and Vladimir Gutierrez versus Kyle Muller. Give me 2-1 Braves. 2-1 Braves is what LJ is going with. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go 2-1 Reds. Uh, you know... <laughs> Hunt for Reds October lives on. Yeah, according to Fangraphs, they have a 32% chance to make it. Uh, LJ, I'm surprised that you're kind of picking against our team that was one of the one of our favorites at, at, at the start of the year. They they're still in it. They're, st they're in it as much as the Padres want to let them in it. Yeah, I, I I really don't see them giving that up. I mean, granted, I haven't looked at their September, but. The rest of their August isn't that horrible in San Diego. So as long as they don't beat themselves, they should have no problem getting past Cincinnati. Agreed. With its lack of closer. All right. We got Rockies Astros next, I believe. And it is just a two-game series in Houston. John Gray versus Jake Odorizzi. Antonio Sensatella versus Framber Valdez. I think I know where LJ is going here. Yeah. Two-game sweep. Split. Split. Okay. Uh, I'm going two games to Houston. All right. No, go, go sweep. I chicken out. Oh, he's going sweep. He doesn't want me to, to – Get that one over him. It's all right. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna invest my risky picks on John Gray. I realized that probably wasn't the spot to go. As much as he has had a very good year, yeah, I, I can't do that. All right, Jake we got Rizzi another. Also, could easily have a blow up start. 
we have another two game series uh, between the Giants and Diamondbacks. This is in San Francisco. Alex Wood versus Zach Gallen and Kevin Gaussman versus Merrill Kelly. Uh, Elgin. Sweep. LJ's going with the sweep. Uh, I'm going same way. Uh, give me San Francisco to zero. And our last series that we're going to predict, Rangers, Mariners. Let me pull up your starting pitchers, but I believe that this one is in Seattle. Yes, in Seattle. It'll be Colby Allard taking on Logan Gilbert, Spencer Howard, and Tyler Anderson, and Mike Fultonavich and Marco Gonzalez. Two one M's. Two to one Seattle is what LJ is going with. What was that? Uh, what was that middle game actually? The middle matchup is Spencer Howard taking on Tyler Anderson. Yeah, Spencer Howard probably cleans up. All right, so LJ's going two to one for Seattle. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go two to one to Texas. I think that they take this series. Uh. Yeah, I admit Seattle's offense has just been terrible, just so bad. I think the 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 one that could go either way is gonna be the Colby Allard Logan Gilbert start. I mean, both of those guys could be liable to have a two-run day or a five-run day. So Really, whichever whichever one steps up or if both step up, it could be a very interesting turn of events for either team winning the series. Agreed, agreed. But uh, I think that that's a good spot to wrap up today's show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod and play our trivia game on Twitter. Thank you all for listening and we will be back uh tomorrow we'll see you see you manana mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner start a journey not a fad kick off your fitness journey with up to five hundred dollars off peloton bike bike plus or tread packages choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes heart rate band non-slip grip dumbbells and more Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Shred Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.